What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity, inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi everybody, welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm UB, and I am the Latino white guy of the group. I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group. And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy. Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are starting our, is this, is this 5.1, 5.2? Let's not put a, yeah, let's let's not not put, put a number on it. We're not going to put numbers on it Because maybe this doesn't come out for two years. I don't know. Like, we don't, <laughs> <laughs> this particular episode. All right. So let, let's just, let's just say it's, it's uh, another, another episode. episode. Of Choose Inclusion. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And uh, this is a kind of going to be more of an episode where we riff off of each other, I think, because we've been having lots of different conversations with a lot of companies, each of us individually with all the different hats that we wear, um, are talking to companies up and down from leadership to kind of the, the, the developers and engineers and figuring out, you know, how do we tackle diversity and inclusion? And so we wanted to share with our listeners today just some of the kinds of conversations we're having with people so they can see that they're not alone in this desire to build more inclusive well, I feel like a lot of people are getting voluntold almost uh, in, in many instances to take on this DEI role within their company. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it, it runs the gamut of either, you know, they bring in a chief diversity officer, which we see happen quite a bit, or it's someone who's just, hey, we want to add some responsibility to what you're already doing, which is this diversity and inclusion stuff. And so... I feel a lot of people out there are, are lost. Like they don't know, they don't know where to begin. There's, you know, there's not really a lot of great places of, of central locations or stores of information where they can go for this stuff. So, Mike, I mean, what when why are people reaching out to you? I mean, what are what are some of the conversations you've been having over the years as it relates to this? It's super interesting because one of the um, uh, when the speaking engagements really started coming uh, our way was uh, NDEAM, so National Disability Employment Awareness Month, which is October. Mm-hmm. So, and they're like, oh, well, we need to we need to talk about disability. We need to talk about employment. And, and who better to do that than somebody who is employed and disabled, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know. So it's check almost, and check. Yeah, so it's <laughs> almost like, so it's like, uh, let's, let's get a cameo, right? Let's do a cameo and an organization will just reach out and, and it's their way to, uh, again, dip their toe in the pond, right? Of what that looks like. And so the conversations look, so different with every organization. However, the the theme is generally the same. They they're 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 exploring, they're asking the questions, they're they're attempting to figure out the uh, what we internally at uh, BIT call the how hump. How do the how hump the how hump. So okay. the how the how hump is really simple. It's it's how do you you know, retain, recruit and retain talent from the people with disabilities community. How? So the, the question of like, oh, it's, it's great to, eat, to say like we want to do this as a strategy. Then it comes down to how. And that's and to me having that focus. And so and it's, it's literally walking through like when you think about recruiting and retaining talent, 
in any organization, like you need to have a broader, uh, you should have a broader strategy. However, that's not always the case. They're just like, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We, we just want to be supportive of just this little sliver, which is fine. We, we, we want to have that conversation as well. We just want it to obviously progress to a broader conversation. Well, and uh, so check out our episode where we do talk about turning this into a strategy. Um, I think that'll be helpful for a lot of people. But yeah, to your point, it's like, where do, like, I think a lot of people, so so before we get to the how, though, I think we get the, the conversation or the question of why. Like, why do we even, why should we even do this? And that conversation is great because it, um, it, it really, it really forces organizations to align. So first of all, at the executive level, and we've talked about this before, you, you need that executive support. And so first of all, we need to get sort of leadership aligned on that why. Why is diversity and inclusion important to our company? If you can't answer that question, you can't really launch a strategy or you can't even do like the little things that you're talking about, the sort of the, um, you know, the, the support groups are creating ERGs unless there's some kind of alignment with the organization as a whole. Because, you, you know, how are you going to get employees to then buy in and support it? Yeah, I think alignment is, is really key to this because, you know, as we talk to companies or, you know, as I go and, you know, do kind of the speaking engagements I've been doing, you know, people are coming in to these conversations with various levels of power. Within, inside their companies, right? Like some people ha- hold a lot more power than others. And then, you know, the question comes down to, well, how do you get these conversations going internally at your companies? How can you raise it to the point where the people in power are bought in? Mm-hmm. And then once those people in power are bought in, then how can you actually like start like creating this transition and change? Yeah, that's huge. So many questions. Yeah. So many questions. There are. So, um, uh, however, again, Nina, you speak all over the country. Right. And the, the, the conversation, the questions that you're asked on a consistent basis, what are what are what are some of those common themes with the questions that you're asked nationally? Uh, I mean, I think the common theme is that, you know, I think most of the time it's coming from recruiters based on the people I've been talking to. Yeah. And the recruiters are always like, well, how do we get more people from underrepresented groups into the door and working for us? And I think it always comes down to like, well, what are you doing to even create a space where anyone would want to work for you. Anyone would want to work for you. That's a, yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's just so many layers to break break it down into that, right? So, um, yeah, there's not like a really a straightforward answer on any of these questions that we're getting, right? I, I feel like a, a lot of the questions um, sort of steer towards a, a Band-Aid solution or a quick fix. Or, you know, I feel like that's maybe what a lot of organizations are looking for. And I get that, right? Like, you know, there's tons of technology, AI, machine learning, you know, and you want to be able to plug it in and just have this go. But frankly, you can't. (laughs) And I think that's the conversation. One of the big conversations we try to have with leadership is, you know, this is this is an everybody effort. Everybody's got to be on board. Everybody's got to play a part in this DEI discussion. Um, You can't you can't just have a, a, a piece of software running it, right? Or you can't just put out surveys once a year and, and hope that's going to do it. Yeah. Well, so statistically, uh, we know that organizations who truly embrace diversity at all levels of the organization, they outperform 
the peers in their own verticals, mm -hmm. right? So we know that as as a starting point, and and so it's really good to be able to you know leverage that as a data point. But the conversations that come, you know, like it's it's real simple when when organizations are reaching out to. Um, reaching out to us because they're finally looking at the, there are so many talent pools that have been fished in, right? And generally the people with disabilities uh, talent pool is really close to the last talent pool to be, to be fished in and because there's such an awkwardness to those conversations. So, but I was curious from, from your two perspectives, like the questions that come your guys's way, uh, you know, really frequently. Right. Because we, we get like, OK, so how does, you know, accessible technology work across, you know, the people with disability spectrum? How do you know, so we get a lot of those. Again, that's why we call it the how hump. You know, yeah. we help we help organizations and even to to your point, Nina, from a recruiting perspective, a lot of the again, the Fortune 50, the big four and a lot of those organizations, they, they go to the college campuses all the time. However, did you know on college campuses, so every two and four year school in the country by law has to have some, some type of a disability service entity, right? They don't always call it disability services, but some sort of entity that, that is there to help with the accommodations for classes and technology, that sort of thing. And that, or, that organization and the career services entity, right? Everybody knows, well, if you're looking to go to a job fair on a college campus, you go to career services, right? Well, guess what? Career services and the disability entity within that organ, uh, same college campus, they don't even communicate. Right. So there, there's a disconnect even at that level to be able to recruit students from the disabilities community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, along those lines, um, you know, one of the I think one of the, the questions we get is sort of who's responsible mm -hmm. for this in yeah. the organization. And frankly, you know, my my it's everyone's responsibility. It is. <laughs> and, and my perspective on, you know, the DEI specific person or team is that they they can actually be the glue mm -hmm. um, for all of these different disciplines or departments within an organization to come together to to do these things that we're talking about. Uh, you know, compliance is a great example, right? You, you know, companies push out codes of conduct and policies all day long and really just expect employees to abide without necessarily getting their buy-in. And I think they're starting to realize that. And so how can a DEI strategy become the lens now for creating buy-in and mm -hmm. for, for getting all employees to align with the ultimate mission of the organization? You mean instead of being assimilated, they can actually. Yeah. So I, wow. I actually look at the. Uh, oh yeah, you're not a. You're not a. Trek. I love Borg. Yes. Oh, I oh you do. That's right. You are. Trek over yeah. Star Wars. That's Sorry, right. Oh, okay. Spencer. Yeah. yeah. So that's right. You 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 are uh, an assimilated Captain guy. Captain Picard right. all day long. Um, so, but I, I tell organizations all the time that I believe the DEI DEI space within kind of the Fortune 10,000 is truly the heartbeat of corporate America. There are so many. Uh, indications where, you know, organizations, especially big ones, they make the papers, they make the news for all sorts of wrongdoing. The DEI space, I believe, is the heartbeat of for-profit entities where they can actually go out there and it can easily align with their CSR, their corporate social responsibility initiatives. There's so many things that they could do where they can actually show, like, this is the culture, this is the this is the face, this is the feeling within this organization that's making billions and billions of dollars, right? So so I believe the DEI space can be the heartbeat. I think that was the mic drop of the day.
Yeah, let's. That was <laughs> that was <laughs> your <laughs> mic drop. That, that was, was the mic drop segment. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> well, I, I totally agree because, and Nina, we've talked about this before, but I think you know, DEI in combination with the communications and marketing department can truly translate everything that needs to be communicated to the not only the employees but even customers and, and outside the organization can can put it in the right words that people will respond to and respond to in their way. Definitely. And so I think that's that's a big piece. The other the other question that we get is well how do we make all this stick? You know, mm-hmm. how do you know great, we brought in a diversity speaker and we had a one hour session. Now what? That's really the, one of the big questions we get is yeah. now what? And that sort of leads into creating a strategy. But yeah. how would you answer that, Nina? Uh, gosh, I know <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, these are such big questions. I feel I mean, like every you question. Have three we're, you have three exactly. Minutes. It's like, wait, <laughs> no we have to keep so. this podcast short. And like every single question that was brought up is a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, frankly, you're right. And so, well, that's, good. Not, that's, like, why, that's how we get people coming back. Episodes. We'll but answer yeah, the next like, seven questions. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that I, I don't think I'm going to be able to answer that question. But Fair I enough. think that we need to put that on the shelf and say, like, we need to go back and have a podcast episode about that. 100%. So maybe yeah. that's what we should do is like, let's let's yeah. for the, the links and resources to this particular podcast episode, we put out a, a survey to everyone and say, what, what are some of the most common questions that y'all are getting? Yeah, I love that. And how can we start trying to answer that through the content that we're creating? Absolutely. And I'd love for to extend an offer out to uh, DE&I leaders out there in the uh, out there in the ethos, please reach out to us because uh, uh, we'd love to uh, look for guest speakers on our podcast mm-hmm. in future episodes. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for joining us again today. Awesome. Great we to look forward to the next one. Get it. Great to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> see you oh, next time. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Special thanks to our producer, Spencer Cross and VP Legacies, which helps increase your employee and customer retention utilizing corporate communication strategies. Find out more at vplegacies.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. We'll be publishing a new episode on the first Thursday of every month, and you can find us online on our website, chooseinclusion.com, or contact us on Twitter at chooseinclusion.com.